Hey, this is a podcast for Shifting Frequencies. I'm Jack, my friend with my friend. Hi, I'm Matt. Nice to meet you all. And we're going to be talking a bit about personal finance, uh, specifically uh, pertaining to those who are a bit in the younger generation, like millennials. I mean, I like to think of a story uh, from my coworkers. Uh, you know, after work, so I work in a restaurant while I'm going to school. And after work, sometimes we'll go to a bar, and one of my coworkers will buy a round of shots for everyone and, you know, spends about 40 bucks in one go. I mean, that's not inherently bad, but I'll go in the next day and I'll talk with them and they'll be complaining about being paycheck to paycheck and not having any money. And this is really relevant to a lot of people in our day and age, a lot of young people. So we're here to talk a bit about personal finance, what you're spending on, and how you might save a little bit of money. All right. So why should you care about your finances? Honestly, it mostly boils down to peace of mind. Just you, if you have, if you are financially secure, you you have security. So if something bad happens, it's not going to cripple you. You're able to maintain your independence. You're able to just maintain yourself and your your family and help your friends as well. And you also have more choices in life. You could have the option to retire, which is a lot. Of, a lot of people nowadays are facing the fact that they might never be able to retire. You might be able to say, hey, I want to go on a vacation and actually and be able to go somewhere you really want to go. Those are all choices you'd be able to make. Another, another reason why, the earlier you start saving and or investing, you are going to get more benefit and return from those the earlier you start investing. So it'll give you more, again, more peace of mind, more choice, more security. So if something happens, you'll have it. You'll be prepared. I mean, when money is working for you, you know, I say that in the sense of like an investment, a savings account, anything like that, where it's earning money, the earlier you start, the more money you make. Uh, these things compound over time. So earlier money makes you more money. Mm-hmm. And the reason you should really be concerned nowadays is, as we keep hearing in the news and everyone likes to keep talking about, it, especially with the past election, Pay is stagnating or rising very slowly for most people, and costs are rising. Food costs more, gas costs more, it's harder to make ends meet, rent's going up, mortgages as well. And if you aren't careful, you can easily get into the habit of living paycheck to paycheck, and that can end very badly for you and your family. Also, millennials it's been projected will be making less than their parents and with costs rising it could make it much harder especially for our generation and generations after us so we have to be more mindful of these things than before all right so we're going to go over a few basic steps of just how to become more financially secure how to start getting into that mindset and how to just get the ball rolling on getting there all right so the number one most important thing to be able to help start getting yourself more financially secure is to know what you're spending money on. Identify the habits you have, where you spend money. Are you spending it on food, going out, are you, or how much are you spending on transportation, all that kind of stuff. And an easy way to do that is for a month or two, track all the purchases you make. If you go get gas, put, write it down, put it in an Excel spreadsheet. Heck, you could use Google as well. It's free, and it you can start putting all this stuff in. 
it'd be very helpful to categorize this stuff so maybe when you look back on it you can know how much you spent on food how much you spent on rent how much you spend on things you don't need it can be as simple as things you couldn't live without such as rent insurance a car gas and you could have another the other category being i went out with my friends we got we went and got beer i blew a hundred dollars on a video game or something like that lost 50 bucks at casino i mean people used to do this by hand but i mean digital age these days most people you know like i said use excel or you know use various forms of apps google there's mm-hmm. endless tools out there these days. Mm-hmm. And the big thing about tracking this for a month, too, or doing it continuously, is you can ex- identify those expensive trends or potentially ways to cut down. I, myself, am guilty of I really like coffee, so and Starbucks is very convenient for me because it's on the, way for, on the way to work for me. So... And I didn't just say, oh, I'm not drinking coffee anymore. My first thing was, well... How much is a coffee machine? I got one for 15 bucks, and I can get coffee grounds for like three or four. And that's good for probably at least 20 to 30 cups of coffee. So that's a considerable savings from $5 a cup to probably less than a buck for a cup of coffee. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument that you know by paying more at Starbucks, you're paying for better coffee, higher quality coffee. And in a sense, it is true, but... There are always, you know, creative ways to find, you know, if you really care about something like, you know, how the quality of your morning cup of coffee, there are creative ways you can find decent coffee, find ways to make better coffee without shelling out $5 every morning. And it can also be just as simple as you identify, well, I go here three, four times a week. I do, or it doesn't have to be coffee. It can be anything. It's like, well, maybe I can limit that to once or twice a week as a reward for doing something or, hey, it's Friday morning. I'm getting this before I go to work. Um, I'm also very guilty of I play League of Legends and I really like buying skins that are kind of overall pointless. They don't add anything to the game and it's just because they look good. Yeah, it sort of falls into that spending on things, your habits, your hobbies. You might buy birdhouses. You might buy you know woodcutting tools. It's all they're all hobbies, but are you spending more than you are comfortable with? If, the end, if you're not, if you're not even sure, not even if the answer is yes. If you're not sure, then maybe it's worth looking into. And a lot of these habits, you can actually make this into a how to improve yourself, how to make yourself healthier. Like, do you, do you have a bad habit of going out to eat that can be expensive? Normally, they have really big portions, or the food just really isn't that healthy. No matter, even if it is really, really good. If you get a lot of alcohol, booze, um, cigarettes are a really, really expensive habit that doesn't do you any good and can lead to very expensive medical issues in the future you could also be a shopaholic you go shopping too often everyone's guilty of buying something random off amazon and then having it show up in the door saying why did i get this don't remember buying anything amazon oh wait i remember that purchase and just overall then once you identify these habits these trends and you're mindful of them find ways to substitute like make your own coffee or, like the Leo Legend stuff, just cut it or limit it significantly. And the, the goal of this is to just understand what you're spending, where you're spending it, so that you can start building a budget. So, let's say you, you now have an idea of how much you spend a month. You minimize it as much as you can or you're willing to go. And then you can say, well, I have this much on the side. There's your, the starting of your savings. And that's the main point of this. It's not to 
cut yourself back from spending on anything. It, the point of this is to understand and know what you're really spending, because not knowing is, I would say, almost worse than you know just arbitrary spending. Because I think I'd rather know that I spent money than not know that I spent money, because at least then I can account for it. Also, a tip for people who enjoy going out or drinking a lot, get rid of the one-click buy on Amazon. You're going to buy something dumb. <laughs> We've all done it. All right. So, number two, always know how much you have in your bank account and your savings or where your money's at. This can be really scary, and if you don't have a lot, you might not want to look because it could just stress you out. But it all boils down to if you don't know how much you have, then you don't know how much you, you can spend on things. And if you don't have that much, you'll you'll get into the mindset of, it's fine, I'll be okay. And yeah. that's I'm, not always true. I'm sure I didn't spend that much. I'm sure I still have plenty left for food, for rent, for whatever. Well, if you're not sure, you might not. If you're afraid of checking, you really might not. I can honestly say I, I was guilty of that in college because while I was working 20, 30 hours a week and I had a minimum wage job at the time it was do i really want to know how much my do i have in my account or do i just want to go hang out with my friends i chose the latter a lot now granted i was never too worried about blowing all my money but there were times i looked at my account like a week or two later i'm like oh i spent more money that weekend than i expected and now i need to make sure i don't spend any more until my next paycheck that's just not a good space to place to be in and no one wants to be there no, yeah. It's the not knowing that will stress you and kill you <laughs> more than knowing that you spent money. All right. Another thing that could potentially save you quite a bit of money if you like, or if you have projects or you're just trying to cut costs is do it yourself. If you can find things that you can do yourself for your hobbies or what like, stuff like that and you don't have to go out and pay someone to do it, it can save you a lot of money. Like, really hard to have an argument of why you aren't able to do it yourself nowadays granted if you don't have time that's understandable but like my uncle jim always says gts google that shit because the internet is an amazing resource it's how you're listening to us now and you can find a ways to just do anything you want personally i'm a gamer it's a hobby of mine so i put a budget together took me two to three years to save up to enough to build my own gaming desktop, and I built it myself. Most companies would try to sell you the computer I built for probably at the time two to three grand. I was able to build it for 800, and it saved me a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I learned a useful skill, which now applies to my job. So yeah, it opens up useful, not even just useful skills, but useful just adventures and fun times, interesting hobbies. I mean, do-it-yourself doesn't just have to apply to hobbies. You know, it can apply to a lot of other things in life. So, I mean, it also applies to, you know, a lot of things like, you know, just services. You know, do you pay a maid to come clean your house or do you do it yourself? You know, a lot of things come down to how you value your time versus how you value your money. I mean, if you have a lot of money, maybe you value having free time more than you value spending money. But if you don't have a lot of money, maybe you value having that money and you don't mind putting your own time into fixing up your house cleaning it, you know, making your own meals, fixing up your own table, doing whatever. It just really comes in how you value each of them. Also, if you're pretty handy in a certain thing and your friend's handy in something else, you don't have to pay each other. You can barter and you can each save a little money by helping each other. So 
always hit up your friends. And if they do, take they'll take pay, payment in beer, hopefully. Yeah, what costs more? Paying for movers or paying your friends in a case of beer? All right. Now, something else that is normally involved with a lot of finance is debt. For most people, pe- people think debt is just flat bad. Like, all debt's bad. That is not the case. Debt is good as long as it's for an investment for for the future. Like uh, school loans, mortgages, even car payments. Just mm-hmm. something that you're investing in, in some sense. To help you, to help you in the future, to make life easier, to help you earn more, and just make you more financially stable. But there are bad debts, or ways you can get into bad debt habits. Of the easiest example is credit card debt. A lot of people will pay that minimum just to, for peace of mind while they keep piling and piling on more debt, and eventually that will come back to bite you. Before I take a moment to actually talk about this, if you have a credit card, which is great, I have a credit card, uh, I buy things like groceries and gas on it to help me build credit, but I pay it off in full every month. It will help you build good credit, and if you pay minimum, or God forbid you don't pay minimum, you will pay way more, way more than you intended to, and over a much longer period of time, it will stick to you, and it is hard to get rid of. And it's not just like only credit card debt that is bad debt. If you are... Picking up debt, maybe you get a really, really nice car, Mercedes, Audi, but it's not within your means, and that's just a massive pile of debt you anchor to yourself. That debt can hang you if something happens, and you wa- you'd want to avoid that. So make sure the debt is reasonable, that you actually can pay it off, and if something happens, it won't be the noose around your neck. Also, you could apply this to student debt as well. If you're going to school, you want to make sure, one, it's in something you will stick to, that you will be able to get through school, which is hard to say and hard to plan for, depending on what happens, but if you're willing to go that far that far to go get an education, all that kind of stuff, make sure you don't quit. you have got to keep going. Things might get hard, but you have to get through it. Yeah, I mean, I know... Uh, college education is sort of the expected norm these days for a lot of high schoolers you know, graduating. But it's still worth it to keep in mind, if you're going to invest in higher education, it's a good idea to have some semblance of an idea of what you want to do with it. You may, you may come into college and you know not know what you want to do for the first year, and that's okay. But you don't want to stay that way forever. I have a, <laughs> an interesting story from a friend of mine. I haven't seen it in a long time, actually, but she went to college for four years and didn't didn't get anything out of it. She stumbled and she didn't finish a degree. And she saddled herself with, I don't remember the exact figure, but it was somewhere between one and $200,000. And she can't afford to pay it. But the worst part of the story is that instead of coming up with a plan to face this debt, she chose instead to just enroll herself in minimal amounts of online classes to stave it off. And this is, in all honesty, just plugging your ears, closing your eyes, and not facing it, which will come back in a just bigger, bigger mountain to face. And bankruptcy does not kill student debt. Fun fact, bankruptcy does not eliminate student debt. It will eliminate other debt, but at the same time, do not think of it as a get-out-of-jail-free card. It is a get-out-of-your-current-situation-to-live-in-hell-for-the-next-ten-years card. And you do not want to go through that. And while we're currently talking about like 
colleges and student debt. If college isn't right for you, always consider going into a, a trade. We, we will always need plumbers, electricians, carpenters. These are skill jobs that need skill. Not anyone can just walk in and do it. You won't have to get into as much debt as a college, and you, will still, and you will still be making a, a good living and being able to save money and be able to spend that on friends, family, and just save for the future. Yeah, those jobs will always be there. And I think a lot of people tend to forget that those are pretty good-paying jobs relative to you know any other un- uneducated job you might have. Because mm-hmm. personally for me, I went to college, got three degrees in four years, and I wasn't able to find a job afterwards uh, due to one a medical condition, which stopped me go- from going to the field I wanted to go into. And I ended up going to a trade school for, uh, it was a coding boot camp, and I was able to get it, go through that for three months and got a job as a developer. It cost less than a quarter of what I paid for college. Granted, the college degree did help me get the job, but most of the stuff and the skills I learned at college have nothing to do with my new field in tech, which these are, these are new growing fields that are coming out. Because the job market is shifting, automation is com- automation is a thing. Low skill jo- a lot of low skill jobs, truck drivers. If you're loading a truck at say FedEx, like I did for a year, these jobs aren't going to be around forever. And the factory of tomorrow is going to have less and less unskilled labor and more medium to high skilled labor to help work work the machines and keep the factory running. So something to keep in mind when you're looking for a job in the future. I mean, high school labor and a lot of the creative fields that require a lot of crit- you know, critical thinking or interesting problem solving, those are generally uh, immune to automation in the, in the near future. But it's still worth something at least to keep in mind. All right. Well, those are some ways, and while we did ramble a little bit in some of those, those are some ways to start building savings, look to the future, and trying not to get into the habit of building debt or living paycheck to paycheck. Now, let's say that you're starting to save some money. What choices can you make with that? What are you going to do with that money you saved, effectively? I should probably mention, when we talk about savings, having a little bit of savings, uh, we like to think in you know an emergency savings that you have built up, that you just have any sort of access to, is probably, at a minimum, three months salary, and if you can afford it, try and make six months salary. It gives you a nice buffer in case something goes wrong. Medical, family-wise, your transmission in your car blows just because if your car goes and you can't get a new one, that puts you in a bad spot of maybe potentially having to lose your job because you can't get to work. Um, so yes, on an emergency fund, at least three months, preferably six months or greater if you can, just because you don't know what, what's going to happen. And if you either want to be able to take care of yourself or potentially could be family, your sister, your mom, your dad, they could be in trouble. And while I'm not going to say just give them all your money freely, support them where you can so that you you aren't just saying good luck. You actually can have some just feel good that you're actually able to help the people you love. Having savings, it affords you security, it affords you option, and it affords you peace of mind, which is worth a lot in my opinion. And while money cannot buy happiness, it gives you choice and helps you stay away from worrying. And that can lead to less stressful life and just being happier 
in a backwards loop kind of way. So, now let's say you have an emergency fund. You aren't just impulsively buying stuff with the money you're saving. Again, if if you if you have to, if you have to think about something or if you just thought the idea of you need this, sleep on it. Wait, cuz you'll probably find out one, you really don't need it or two. You can probably find that thing you really really want on sale eventually if you wait cuz you can find price checker apps tracking stuff that'll, that'll it'll let you know when the price is down and you can then go and buy that cd player you really really want even though no one has cds anymore i've kind of surprised myself before where i see something i'm like that why do i not have that i actually really want that not just i want that but i actually really want that and i say no 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 i hold off for just a day and i come back to the next day and i'm amazed i actually just don't want it that much anymore so fun quick tip Get rid of that Amazon one-click-to-buy stuff. As mentioned earlier, you don't want a drunk knight to then show up with a leprechaun at your front door, or a fake one at that, hopefully. I'm sorry. It's also an expensive story. Mm-hmm. And then you don't just impulsively click the button and instantly buy it. It helps It helps prevent, prevent you from just going out and buying something just because it has that little extra effort in. And that little extra effort can stop you and make you stop you from making dumb decisions at times. Alright, so if we actually do actually have some money sitting around now that's just sitting there in your mattress for hopefully at least in a bank account. Don't do mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what do you think what are ways you can use that money to help effectively make more money? Or at least make sure you have that money for later on. It's the next step. I mean you you eliminate debt and you establish some savings and you, you don't have to worry about day to day money, which is fantastic. But if you're in that situation and you want to do more for yourself, look to the future. So, like, this, these are only a few examples of what's out there, but there are savings accounts. There are websites out there for, that you can put your money in just to get a better return on. There are credit unions and stuff like that you can put your money in. Um, granted, you do want to do research and make sure that, one, that it is a legitimate opportunity. Because there are now becoming a lot of these online investment banks since they don't have any brick-and-mortar places, it's cheaper for them to maintain. But you never know when one might just be a scam saying, hey, we promised these great things, and then your money's just gone. If it sounds too good to be true, it just might be. Maybe mm-hmm. it is, but it's worth looking a little bit harder at. There are a number of investment opportunities that we talked about, but one that I've looked at a number of times and I think is worth looking at for a lot of people is low-cost low-maintenance index funds, which they just tie your money to general factors in the market. And sites like Vanguard are pretty good places for this. You can just drop whatever money you can into them, and you can allocate it however you want to stocks and bonds and things like that. But a general rule is 4% of the money that you put in, you can expect to see returned annually, barring any big market changes. But these are good places to put your money to try and you know, garner some form of you know, future investment that'll pay you back over time. And the big reasons why these are especially popular is they're, the way these funds for the most part work is they diver- diversify these invest- your investments, key part being for you, so you don't have to do the research yourself. And while they might not have as amazing returns as the stock market or other places you can invest, because they're more diversified... Even if one part of the market takes a hit, like oil did not too long ago, your the rest of your money is still in other fields likely doing all right, 
And then that hit really just becomes a small blip that doesn't really cost you much, or at least you don't notice it. They're lower risk, they have, but they also have lower returns. Like I said, 4%, if you invest in the stock market and you find something that pays off great, you might see a complete double of your money. And that's fantastic, but it does come with higher risk. Yes, and while well, on the topic of the stock market, if you have more time and you want to take care of your own investments to potentially get greater rewards, the stock market is a great choice. There are plenty of tools out there. You have stock trade and stuff like that. They'll give you huge amounts of statistics. There are dozens, hundreds of books, probably even way even more than that, on just how to invest in the stock market, how to pick out the good companies. Granted, there is a it's not guaranteed, and you could if you aren't aiming for long term, you are likely going to lose money just because at that point it's effectively gambling. And there is no, the casino always wins. So you need to be careful with, with this. And you have to make solid investments that you think in a year from now, how will I be better off than I was? Or am I planning on selling this in two days? And in that regard, you probably should avoid it. There are plenty of resources and tools you can use to learn about these things. You, know, you don't have to go out to a library and know what all the great authors that have written on the subject of finance, investing, I mean, you can honestly, with a simple Google search of how do I invest, uh, where do I put my money, you know, they'll give you all kinds of results back and start feeding through them. There are plenty of social media sites. There's like plenty of subreddits for you know, personal finance and financial independence. There are plenty of resources you can go to in the digital age that are quick and just really readily accessible to you. And as we're starting to wrap this up, these finances aren't anyone else's responsibility but your own. It's the reason it's called personal finance. No one's going to hold your hand, and the reality is shit happens. Like, maybe your transmission goes one day, maybe someone in your family gets sick, and you need to be able to help with medical bills, or maybe you, in fact, yourself get sick. Nothing is guaranteed in life, and you need to be prepared or at least understand that nothing nothing's perfect and nothing will always be. Things aren't always going to be good. There are going to be bad times, but there will also be good times. Nothing is certain. But you can set yourself up for stability and some semblance of you know, financial comfort in life, even if you don't have the greatest means right now. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. As you've, If you've made it this far, you probably realize we are by no means experts at all in this. We give you and, a medal for it. Yep. Yeah, if you liked our rambling, well, thanks. <laughs>